Welcome back to the Dot One Podcast. I am your host, Drew Eaton. I have my lovely wife back with us today. And we are going to talk about the military life. What it's like to pack all your stuff and move to a place you've never been. Make the best friends possible just to rip them away. Can't wait. Let's go. Even when you feel low, you can still go. Even when you feel slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man, I still go. Go, 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 go. Mallory, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited that you wanted to come back on. I had a lot of fun. I, I was excited to come back. Yeah, we had a lot of good uh, reaction from the last one. Good. It was nice. I hope people liked it. Did anyone contact you? Yeah, a lot of people uh, <laughs> liked it. <laughs> well, this week, at least the first episode of this week, <laughs> we are going to talk about the military life and what it's like to pick your shit up and move it with minimal notice every four years <laughs> and also what it's like to have to make the best friends possible and then have them ripped away from you mm-hmm. isn't that so sad it is it's the worst it's super super sad amongst other things um, the good, the bad, the ugly, basically. So, <coughs> let's just give them a rundown of, uh, you know, how it all started, I guess. Okay. Um, in 2008, I decided to go to the Air Force because, uh, my life was on a downhill spiral. I was going fucking crazy. Mallory, I don't know if she actually said, um, you know, you figure shit out, or, but I could tell that's what she wanted to say if she didn't say it. We were not married yet. No. Um, we were engaged. Yeah, we were engaged. We got engaged at an Applebee's, if y'all didn't know. Stop. <laughs> yeah, engaged Wait. at an Applebee's. Okay, let's clarify that story real quick while we have our listeners. Okay. Um, I was I wanted to take her to this really fancy restaurant. And it was like a steakhouse. Yeah. And I went that day and bought the ring and you know, I just can't wait. It's like Christmas, like we always give each other Christmas gifts early too. But uh I was taking her to this fancy steakhouse and I didn't know you needed reservations. Because we were 20. <laughs> and so I, we get there, and they're like, hey, you need reservations. And I'm like, well, fuck. Uh, and Mallory's like, well, we could just, you know, because we were going to go to a movie afterwards, and we were like, um, she was like, well, we could just go to Applebee's, you know, grab something and, and go to the movie. It's right over there by the movie theater. And I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay. I, I feel like you tried to argue a little more than that. And I was like, we love Applebee's. Like, let's just go to Applebee's. There's uh, not a problem. Yeah. And 
So that's what we did. We went to Applebee's. We went to Applebee's, and that's where I asked Mallory to marry me at Applebee's. I think it was after we ate, I got down on one knee. It was a packed house that night. Packed. <laughs> and, uh, and we got our meal paid for. We did. Everybody clapped. That was wonderful. So ever since then, we were like, man, we should just go like pr- pr- pretend to get engaged and see if we can get our meal paid for. Yeah. We've never done it since, but it might be something in the future. Yeah. So we are fancy like Applebee's. Yeah. And then we went to the uh, the movie, and the rest is history. So fast forward a little bit. We get engaged, and I go into the Air Force in May of 2008, and Mallory is back home, you know, working two, three jobs, trying to raise money for our wedding, because we were going to have our wedding after I got back between our move to Colorado um, and when I got back from uh, training. So we had our wedding October 17th of 2008. Yeah, you were gone from May to October. That's right. I think three or four days after I got back is when we got married. And we have our wedding, and then a week. Yeah, it was like nine days. Later, we drive to Colorado. Which wasn't even on our mind. It seems to be like a theme. But I originally had orders down to Randolph, and back in the day, and I don't know, I don't know if they still do this, but if you had orders and another person has orders to whatever base, you can switch. And so this other cat wanted to stay in Texas, and I was like, Colorado sounds sweet, so. I moved to, or I switched with this dude, and I go to Buckley. Probably to this day, the best decision I've ever made <laughs> in the military. Sure. Was right off the jump. Mm-hmm. Isn't it wild? Mm-hmm. So. <coughs> I think it, I think what's wild is that you can just basically like have a piece of paper that has your assignment on it, and your somebody next to you can have a different one. You can be like tradesies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, and you can kind of do that. I guess they're bringing that back now, but. Nevertheless, I switch with this cat. And we get married. We drive to Colorado in our Chevy Lumina. Impala. Or, yeah, Chevy Impala. Uh, lack of color. And uh, a cat. A cat. Maggie. We did not have a dog at that time. We just had a cat. And we get into this apartment. Um, that was way too much money. Yeah. <laughs> we could fit pretty much everything we owned in that car. Right. And we had one small TMO truck. Like, for those that don't know, TMO is like the uh, movers that the military gives to us. It's a moving company, shows up, packs your shit. And when they showed up, when they showed up to your parents' house to get all of our stuff for our very first um, PCS move. I think they were done in an hour. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we had like a bed 
in our clothes. The fastest pack up to date. By far. Yeah. So they got a couple of our things, and we have a couple of our things in the Impala. We drive across the country to the Rocky Mountains. Took us three days. Yep. <coughs> we find our apartment. Gated gated access, of course. <laughs> Again, way too much money. And uh, Mallory gets a job at BJ's restaurant because she was a waitress uh, before when she was in Michigan. So she's like, hey, you know, I'll just... She could end. walk down there. We lived right next to, to BJ's in, um, in Aurora. And that was that. Then a couple, I don't know, three... Three to six months later, something like that, we moved on the base, which was great. And I got a job on base too, working at the CDC as the pre-K teacher. Yeah, that was clutch too. That was that was nice. And then shortly after that, we find out that we are prego mm-hmm. with Avery. And um, you know, nine months later, I guess in. Uh, in October of 2009, we have Avery. Rewind a little bit. In July, when I was about five, six months pregnant, five months pregnant, six months pregnant, and home visiting in Michigan, I was sitting at Olive Garden with Ashley. And you called me and said, I'm deploying. In January. And I was very pregnant. And we knew Avery was due in October. And you were going to deploy in January. So that was shitty. Yeah, that was crazy. Because, you know, three months after she was born, I was out the door for, it turned out to be like seven months long. Something like that. Maybe even longer. Yeah. You got back very end of August. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a little long. <coughs> uh, that was a great deployment for me, and I think it was really good for me in my career to get that um, experience early. And honestly, like, I think it was, like, if you're going to deploy, I think that that's the easiest time as far as for a child. Mm-hmm. Because they don't really know mm-hmm. yet, you know? So, and, you know, based off this last, last deployment, I think it's yeah, it's much easier, her being that tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But while we were at Buckley, we made some of the, you know, the closest friends that we could have made. Like, we hit the jackpot, I think. We did. We always compare everything to Buckley mm-hmm. as far as, like... It was, like, our first love. Yeah. Our friends go, and, man, we did the craziest shit while we were there. We would have house parties, and then... But, like, house parties with all of our kids, Right, like everyone brings their, like if it's someone's birthday, it's turned into a house party. Yeah. Like a five-year-old's birthday is turned into a house party for the adults. Mm-hmm. Every holiday. It was almost every weekend we were getting together. Yeah, every weekend, every holiday. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we worked Panama schedules, so every weekend we were off, we were doing something. No doubt. So, you know, we were going to Paul Small's house. We were going to Palazzo's house. They were coming over to our house. We were going to Bobby. the Krupp's. Who else? Bobby. Yep, Bobby. Going to Bobby's house with his fish fries. Rest in peace, Bobby. Love you so much. Miss you a lot. Mm. Those are the best times. So we would have, you know, birthday parties for the kiddos that would turn into house parties for us that would then, then turn into, hey, let's go downtown. Not everybody. <laughs> but it, we all knew that that was happening. Like, that's just the way The dads would go downtown. Yeah, which was a great time. So then we would uh, do that, and, um, man, we just got spoiled, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I go to, you know, this is just a rundown. So then we, then I go to Convent Arms Tech School. I come back for about three months of 2012. We PCS to Barksdale in... Bozier City, Louisiana. I was pregnant with Audrey during this time. That's right. Barksdale, disregard Barksdale, Louisiana as a whole wasn't even on the radar. Like it. I thought uh, it was a joke. (laughs) It was the biggest surprise. Not a not a bad surprise, but it was just like what. We'd literally never thought of Barksdale in our lives. Where's Louisiana at? Or, I mean, yeah, Louisiana, not Barksdale. And so, again, we pack up our shit. TMO has a bigger truck this time because we have, we have a little kiddo now with all our toys and Four years all the of stuff we've accumulated over the years. And, and uh, they pack our stuff, and we pack our vehicles, and we drove separate. Tell them what I had in my car. Uh, Very pregnant. The dogs? And? The TV. The child. The child and the dogs. I'm very pregnant. You had the TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If someone had to do it. Yeah. So, we carpool all the way down to uh, Barksdale. Get there. We... That was a very long drive, by the way. Super long. Yeah, it was far. Colorado to Louisiana. Yeah. We get there and we live on the far east side reservoir of Barksdale first, which was fairly new base housing. Still shitty, but fairly new. While we were out there, there was we lived by this uh, like generator thing that powered all the houses or whatever it was. And every... I feel like it was every night. <laughs> Pretty close. This thing would, like an alarm would go off. It was like a basketball buzzer. Yes. Repeatedly. Just continuously without yeah. going off. And it was right by our bedroom window. And dude. Avery's like two. I'm super pregnant. That thing went off every fucking night. I was going to lose my mind. Yeah, we were going really crazy. Sleep deprived. Yeah, prego. And I'm learning a new job and, you know, it comes with new people and all that stuff. So 
we live there, and then we decide, hey, old base housing is cool, so let's move over there. And there's more space, I think. Yeah, they were like historical houses built in like 1903 or something like that. Right. Very cool. Yep, so we lived there, and we moved to main base. We had friends help us move, and we moved out to main base. And then a year after living on main base, we finally buy our first house which was my favorite house to date. Still my favorite house. And, you know, we're on dog number two thus far. We're on child two. Uh, We have a real nice big backyard. We got dog number three while we lived there. Yeah, we got dog number three, which turned out to be a, a big ordeal. We rescued this dog. One of Mallory's friends called her and said, hey, I found this little pit bull puppy on the side all by itself, and it was like skin and bones. And so we had a conversation, pretty brief, and we brought that dog in to us. Once it grew up a little bit and, you know, became a little boy, I guess. (laughs) A young man. Yeah, it uh, the sweetest dog in the world, but he's very territorial over. Us, oh, I don't know food. food. Yeah, us. He was just very territorial against our other dogs we had already had. Yep, and then our, you know, Leo and Tulo would go into our room and just chill because they didn't want to fucking be around Titus. So one morning, I'm getting ready for work and I hear this huge howling in the backyard. And the dogs are fighting. So I run back there. And this had already happened a couple times. Right. And we've done our, we did a fairly good job of keeping them apart. But I run back there and Titus, half the size of Tulo, has Tulo pinned to the ground. And so I just start. By the neck. Yeah, by the neck. So I just start wailing on Titus. And that was the day that I took Titus to get put down because it wasn't fair to our other dogs and you never know what you know what they're capable of. If they're capable of doing that, then the last thing we want is one of the kids to be underneath Titus. So we had to make that decision, which was tough because the girls loved that dog. And he was really good with those girls. This is after we tried a couple different trainings and doing a lot of things, reaching out to a couple vets, and the vets finally said, like, there's something wrong that's never going to be fixed. Yeah, and we had a we had a dude come to our house for, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it seemed like forever, like a couple months, I feel like. He'd yeah, come to our house. Yeah, it wasn't a quick decision. And help us train Trig, or I'm sorry, help us train Titus. And, you know, it, yeah, I mean, we didn't just, like, pull the trigger on it. It was something that was building up and we could see, so we tried to get as much help as we possibly could, and that, that was kind of, like, the last straw. But He'd attacked him a few times. Yeah. So, anyway, we moved we move out there to Houghton, great area, and we ended up selling that house, which was really sad. But then we had... We get orders to Lackland, 
in Tex in San Antonio, Texas, and we had to get an apartment because we sold our house early, which was great. But then we had to get an apartment for seven weeks. <laughs> seven weeks, and Meanwhile, at this time, TMO you were took our stuff. Right, and we had a little storage shed too. Mm-hmm. But you were. Uh, watching children in the house doing the FCC thing. Yeah, six kids in my house I was watching. And now those six kids are in like a fucking two-bedroom apartment. Yes. That All was day. crazy. Yeah. For seven weeks. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we moved into that small apartment for a couple months, and then we moved to San Antonio where I was a tech school instructor for security forces, Best job I ever had. And we buy our house out there. We had our house built. I mean, it was kind of cookie cutter, but it was nice, you know. Mm. And, you know, that was 2016. Mm-hmm. 2016, we did that. And then we, again, great people at Barksdale. Great people at uh, Lackland now. And then we get orders up to, my time has come to an end at Lackland. Four years and you're done. And then we get orders to Goodfellow. Um, the only reason I knew where Goodfellow was is because when I call baseball, I come up, I would come up here from time to time and work at Angelo State. So I knew where it was. One of the weekends I worked at Angelo State, I brought the family up with me. And as soon as you enter into, when you're coming from the south and you enter into San Angelo, it's, uh, we were just talking about this the other day. It's very, like. Desolate. <laughs> yeah, small, <laughs> very small. It's a small town already, but. You don't really get into it until you get into, like, the center and, like, the northwest side of it. So, we moved to Goodfellow. We were separate for, what, a month or so? Mm-hmm. Well, Mallory was down, down in San Antonio's. Um, Wrapping up the house and my job. Yep. And she had just got this job. Just got her first teaching gig. Mm-hmm down there in like one of the highest paying school districts in San Antonio. And now we're moving back here and she gets a pretty much a job right away in one of the lowest paying school districts in Texas. Huge cut right off the bat. Yeah. Wild. But then we buy, we built and had another house built and buy that. So, I mean, we're on like move 11. Mm Mm-hmm. At this point, right? Yeah, I think it's 11 or 12 because we didn't immediately move into this house here in Goodfellow. We lived in some, like, it's it was old base housing that someone bought and now turned into, like, duplexes. And it was the, just happened to be the builder of this house. So we lived there for, I think, about six months. Yeah, six months. We lived there until this house was done. Yeah, and this is a nice house. Mm-hmm. Nice area, quiet. We live right on the lake. Not on the lake. I mean, we're like two well, two streets we over. We can say we live on the lake. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, we live on the lake, I guess. And uh, you know, again, have met some of the best people here. Yes. Some of them have already left. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have have not left yet, but are going to leave. And you know, that's just part of it, I guess. So we've had, if you count Michigan. Michigan, Colorado, Louisiana, and stayed in Texas, moved in Texas twice. And, uh, you know, this whole lifestyle is not for the faint of heart. I mean, we have friends that live separate in the United States because, you know, they were down in Florida. Mm -hmm. One moved up to, and then they got, the military member got orders up to North Dakota but the family stayed in Florida. I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah. Luckily, that hasn't happened to us. But, you know, while I've been here at Goodfellow, I've deployed once already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those things are never, you know, someone was saying a couple of weeks ago, like, what's well, harder on the family than it is on the member? And I disagree. I do, I kind of do too, and I don't, not in a selfish way, but it's like, you guys have to miss one person. Mm-hmm. I have to miss everything. Yeah. You know? And I feel like here, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you staying busy with day-to-day things that can keep your mind off of me being gone. Yes. They're I was uh, very busy. Yeah, and... Especially now with the two grown ass kids and little Ayla. Um, but, you know, I, I had a lot of time to just fucking sit around. Mm-hmm. But I had good people over there too. Like in Kuwait, man, I'll tell you what, great humans. Um, I think people I'll be friends with forever in just those know, five and a half, six months or whatever it was. You know, and that's another thing, too, is this past deployment, we were told four months. Yeah. Because it was going to get... Four and a half months. This new thing in the Air Force, this new cycle of deployments on track. So we were kind of like a buffer. We were supposed to be a buffer. And it turned into like five and a half, mm-hmm. almost six. But, But we knew that from the beginning, like... We both yeah. said, like, we'll believe it when we see it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, to date, that's kind of the the rundown, you know, of our 15 years in the military. Mm-hmm. 15 years, isn't that crazy? So crazy. So, we've learned a lot of things along the way from... I guess one PCS to another. Our first one, we had absolutely no idea. Our second one, even. That was like our real, our first real PCS, going from Colorado to Louisiana. And I think the thing I've learned the most, or have learned when it comes to just PCSing, is one, let TMO pack your shit. Don't move anything. Just let them fucking do it. Two, 
um, if it's really valuable to you, don't let them touch it. Put it in like a separate room because mm-hmm. they're going to fucking break it or they're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, three, be open-minded when it comes to the new location. Yes. Uh, that's big time. And uh, four, which we haven't done yet, but if we do move again, I do want to put an air tag with all of our shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a newer thing in the uh, military world. Yeah. And all those things. Um, oh, and be mindful of how your shit is being loaded onto the truck. Yeah. And I don't know if you can, like, tell them to, like, be careful. <laughs> Because I, I think, and I'm not sure, but I think it like transfers trucks or it, like sits somewhere or something. That's because our stuff, when we got here, it was like just, I felt like it was just thrown into the truck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we, when they go to empty out the truck, everything's just like in pieces. Mm-hmm. Like coming from San Antonio to San Angelo, was probably the worst move when it comes to, like, broken shit. Yeah, our stuff. Was and a lot of our stuff was ruined. It's three hours away. Right. And, yes, the, you know, the military pays you, quote, unquote, for your claims. Uh, like, you make a claim against, like, oh, they broke our couch. We make a claim on it. But here's the thing. They don't give you half of what it's, you know, worth or what it's valued at or what it would cost you to... Buy a new one, so that's very frustrating. And th- let alone the, the sentimental value that something might mean to you. Yes, like I had a whole box of Christmas ornaments that were crushed, just gone. And they were my grandma's and some from my childhood and some of yours from your childhood. And like, you know, when TMO does these claims, they want you to put a price on stuff. And when you just put Christmas ornaments... They're like, yeah, we're we're not giving you anything for that. And plus, it's there's, I mean, you can't put a price on that, right? And you can't really control it because you can put you can pack all your stuff into like a big plastic container. Yeah, you, you can know, pack your own stuff. Thing, but they're gonna unpack that. <laughs> yeah, and pack it into their own box. Right. Which is what we learned that the first time. Because we had all of our... When we were moving from Michigan to Colorado, we had all the stuff that we were going to take in, like, six... Tubs. Tubs. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's only six. <laughs> like, six tubs. And they're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to take all this out and put it in our own box. They can't just, like, take the tubs and yeah, move them. So, nevertheless, those are the things I've learned, you know, just strictly PCSing. Oh, and don't expect people to fucking help you, um, you know, unpack or move or yeah, no. whatever. We've had some good people in the past, especially when we moved a couple times at uh, at um, Barksdale. Our friends uh, Zach and Lindsay helped us move both times. Every time. Yeah, we moved from the east side to the main base. They helped us. And then we moved from main base to off base. They helped us. So that was good. Yeah. Great humans again. Mm-hmm. Um, Air Force ripped those people away from us as well. But so yeah, those are the things I've learned. 
What about you? Anything different? Um, well, uh, know where your car keys are. Well, TMO's there because remember they packed your car keys? Yep. And we had to dig through and find them. We had to dig through and find which box they were in. That was fun. Find your car keys before they pack. Um, I think the biggest, biggest lesson I have learned is to immediately kind of jump in to life wherever you're going. And even before that, you know, we've seen so many people that were military wives specifically. Very, you know, young wives that are moving away from their families for the first time. Understandable. But they just decided right off the bat that they were going to be miserable because they weren't home or they weren't with their friends or they weren't with their families. And when you decide to be miserable, you are going to be miserable. So just embracing where you're going no matter what and making the best of it and not wasting time to jump in and make a life there. I think it took me a little longer at Buckley because it was the first time. And, um, you know, I kind of went through your first deployment with a newborn kind of alone. I mean, I had a couple people, but, like, we didn't have a huge support system yet built up too much. So that was hard, too, because, you know, all of our family is in Michigan and this is their first grandbaby. But um, I kind of learned pretty quickly that the only way to do it is to jump right in and put myself out there to make friends and to ask for help, which is a very hard thing for me to ask for help. I struggle with that still, but um, just letting people help you, letting people in and not not delaying, you know, making friends. I mean, making mom friends is one of the worst things ever. And, yeah, it's never fun, but just jumping right in and doing it quickly, I think. Can't waste any time. Because what, what has happened with us is we end up meeting these people when we've uh, met really, really great people that we really meshed with well that we had been at the same base for a while. We just didn't know each other. Or we did. We just didn't know them that well. And then we get really close, and then one of us gets orders. And we are then, like, regretting, God, we wasted all this time. Like, now we're being separated. So that's that's definitely one thing. Um that I learned, but I think just embracing the whole process. I mean, we've lived some pretty great places that we normally, I mean, had you not joined the Air Force, we never would have done, and we would still be back in Michigan doing who knows what right now, and we've been, you know, afforded all this travel and experiences and we have a lot of life experience that we've gotten. Um, probably you more than me just being out of the country and deployed a couple places, but still we would just never have that. So 
We're super grateful. I think what we're even more grateful for is how strong it made our marriage. Because, I mean, it's easy when you're back home and you have this built-in support system that is your family and your friends that, you know, grandma steps in and picks up the kids from school or, you know, uncle can pick them up from sports or whatever. You know, you've got that built-in support system automatically there. And we, it's forced us to, we're a full team. I mean, we are all we have. Most of the time, yes, we have people that we can ask, but it it's forced us to really, like, be a team and communicate about everything. And, you know, it's it's not a me and me against you thing. It's like a me and you against everything else because that's the only way we're <laughs> we've made it through everything. I mean, we've gone through a lot, I think, back of, like, everything that we've gone through and faced in the last almost 16 years. And it's a lot. And, like, I don't know if, like, our, if we had been back home, like, would everything have turned out the same way? Would we still be the same people? You know, would, like, would we be so, like, in sync and relying on each other? I don't think we would rely on each other so much because we would have other people that we knew would step in and help. So I think... Not only does it strengthen our marriage, but it's strengthened our our party of five unit with our family, you know, like our kids and us. Because God bless our kids. They're resilient. I mean, they say military kids are resilient. Those kids are, our moving cycle is middle of January, which means it's the middle of a school year. Every four years, they get ripped out of a school that away from all their friends and their people that they've come to know and they have to move and they have to you know be thrown into a brand new school in a new place and you know they don't have half of their crap for the first month that we live there <laughs> and they're just so like all right let's do this you know it is what it is like as long as we have the five of us we're good so that I I think it's really made us who we are, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, jumping right into stuff is, you know, on the military side, you got to do the same thing. Because if you don't, you'll just get, I guess, left behind. So, you know, what I've learned over the years is same thing as you jumping in and finding people and, you know, trying to find your people as quickly as possible. You know, we are trying to find our people, you know, our friends as quickly as possible. But, you know, on the work side, it's it's the same deal. It's like, I feel like I have to make my presence known. Like, I'm here now, you know, and, you know, we're going to get shit done. And I feel like the last couple assignments I've done that. I don't think I did that the first one. I was young, you know, still. Or the, the second one, I mean. In Louisiana, I, I was still young, but, you know, coming, going to Lackland, I feel like I did that for sure. Coming here, I definitely did. And, you know, on the, on the military side, you see, 
you have all these people that I guess are striving for the same goal. Everyone wants to get promoted. Everyone wants this. Everyone wants that. Everyone basically works hard. So you have to, I guess for lack of a better term, you have to like assert your dominance. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, what I do, and I'll go into a place, and this is if I change jobs or if I change locations, I'll go in there and I'll just, for the first couple of weeks, I'll just like observe and make mental notes or even real notes of like things I want to change or or a uh, mentality I need to um, adopt. Yeah, adopt or enforce. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, put on to somebody because of you know lack of motivation or lack of discipline or whatever the case is. So I'll kind of sit back and, and observe, and then about the two week mark, I'm gonna come in hot. That's kind of what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, but the cool thing is, in, in the military, you usually see people again. Yes, it's a very small world. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, if I PCS, or if I TDY somewhere, just for, like, you know, a week, I feel like I'll probably see somebody. Yeah. Whether I went to tech school with them, or I was at Buckley with them, or whatever. Like, the canine handler here is from Buckley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, he as soon as he got here, he's like, "Yo, what's up?" You know, and that's the cool thing about about the military mm-hmm. is that usually you cross paths again, and even if you don't, you always have people to you know reach back out to if you need assistance with anything or whatever. Um, but. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of difficult things that we've gone through. And, but on the same token, there's also, like, great things that we've been afforded. Like, how many people in Michigan can say that they can step outside their back door or they've ever been able to step outside their back door and see the Rockies? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, how many people have gone down to the Super Bowl? How many people have gone to the Alamo? How many people have lived in West Texas? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not that that's something to write home about, but uh, like you said, like we we would never be in San Angelo, Texas, if it wasn't for the Air Force. We wouldn't meet the people that we've met here in San Angelo if it wasn't for the Air Force. Or anywhere else for that matter. Yeah, if you would have told us, like, when we were getting engaged, even, that we would be where we are and had done all the things we had done, we would have been like, what? Yeah, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. My family's here in Michigan. Yeah. And that's kind of like our, both both of our families are like that. They stick close. Mm-hmm. You know, Nobody mid- moves away. No, mid-Michigan is where it's at. Yep. And, you know, even in our high school, you... You can't name a lot of people that have moved away. There have been some, but most people stick around. Mm-hmm. Or they come back, which 
right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah, we'll we're back. going back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and and there was a time though that we that we weren't sure if we were going back. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was there was a time like I don't know why, but every t- you know for a, a couple of years there, I felt like we would go back, and it was like, oh man, this place is depressing. But I think because we moved back in the winter. I agree. But when you go back in the summer, yeah, it fucking changes things. Yeah, yep. And and I think you just grow older, you appreciate those those people more, um, and you just want to be around them. Yeah. So. We want our kids to be around them. Yeah, for sure. Which is tough, man. I, I mean, that's. I feel like to me that's been the toughest part of the whole thing is not. Absolutely. Our our mom and dads, our grandma and grandpas not being able to see our children grow, you know, with their own eyes. They can see it on Facebook and all that stuff, but it's not the same. And then just, like you said, just being able to drop them off or pick them up from practice. Yeah. Like, that's such a game changer. And people just don't understand, you know, what we have to do tomorrow. We have three girls that have soccer practice. We also have three girls that have open house. Mm-hmm. There's two humans. Mm-hmm. Two adults. Six activities. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm coaching the 12U Sharks. Quick 12U Shark update. We won four to three. All the girls won this weekend. All the girls won. Ayla had four goals. She's a beast. Avery played great. Mm-hmm. Her team won. And Audrey's team won, or the Sharks won, four to three. Your boy is one to zero as a twelve U head coach. Undefeated. In soccer, undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. I lost my voice a little bit, but it's all good. Kids play real, real hard. Anyway, um, yeah. The part about like our kids not. Having the day-to-day with our parents and our families, I mean, that part's really hard because we were raised with that. I mean, we were always with our cousins. We were, you know, my my grandma was who took care of me for the first, you know, couple years of my life. And I'd have cousin sleepovers at my, you know, my grandma's house. And our kids just don't, I mean, I'm thankful that our kids don't really know what they're missing I guess they've never had it so how can you miss they do miss it but how can you miss something that you've never had you know I can't imagine had they had that life and we kind of like ripped them out of it I can't imagine but um, they don't know any different than what we have now and even when we go back home to visit they love visiting I mean the girls go back for two weeks during the summer and they get to spend uh, that time with just our families by themselves before we come up there and visit and get them. But ev- I've noticed, though, even when we get up there or even when we're not there with them, they're like, they're homesick for us. They, you know, they love being there and all the stuff, but that's what they're used to. You know, they don't, they don't know any different than us five. So they tend to be little homebodies that get a little... Uh, homesick when we're not with them, but that part is hard. Just not, you know, they don't. They're not raised with their cousins, and that makes me sad. But 
Yeah, we'll have that. We got four years. But I think they'll be better humans because of that. I agree. And not that not to say that they wouldn't be if they were growing up in Michigan. Right. Because I think they could learn a lot from all those people that would have, you know, their hands on them and stuff, you know, but um They're just very resilient. Yeah. And I think that's gonna carry them through their trials and tribulations in their life that they'll have. But you know, this military thing is not for fucking everybody, man. No, it's not like for the it, weak. It's not. And it's hard. And we see, you know, our friends, we hear about people um, that it's just too difficult for. And they'll end up separating and, you know, um, divorcing, just like, I guess, any... American, I mean, um, the divorce rate's like 55% in America, so... And I think it's higher in the military. Yeah. Especially in security forces. Right. I mean, the divorce rate as a cop, you know, as a police officer in America is super high. Mm -hmm. And then the divorce rate in America is high. And then you put those two together, it's like, you know, you're fighting a fucking uphill battle. Mm Mm-hmm. But a lot of people also don't make it the full, you know, 20 years or whatever. A lot of people do their four and they're done. Right. Yeah. I mean, we got four and a half years left, dude. Yeah. It'll be 20, 20 years of this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for what's next, but I don't really know. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I know. I feel like you're struggling with that a little bit of, like, an identity. Who am I? Afterwards. After. Which is totally normal. Everybody, I think, in the military, like, the reintegration is a thing. I mean, they, they try to do a lot to prepare you for that as much as they can, I think. But it's one of those things you can't really prepare for. Yeah, I don't know. I have so many things that go through my head that I'm like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could open up this. I can open up that. And part of me is like the the easy way out would just be to go work for somebody, you know, like just go like anybody, go get a government job or fucking, you know, go do whatever, wherever. But then another part of me like, I'm not going to, I don't want to work for anybody. Let's, uh, you know, open this up or let's open that up. And constantly I think about that. I mean, I'll, f- I'll figure it out, you know. I got I have no choice but to figure it out, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it weighs on me a little bit. But we'll figure it out. I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll all work out. It'll buff. It'll all buff out. <laughs> It'll buff. Yeah. I just want the best, uh, you know, I want the best for, we'll have a 10-year-old at that time. We'll have a 16-year-old at that time. One will be on our way to college. And. Uh, You and Avery, you retire and Avery graduates in the same month. Right. So that'll be interesting. I mean, life after the military. 
Because, man, the military's gave us give us so much. We wouldn't have the things that we have without it. Right. So, you know, people that, you know, frown upon the military or the people in it, you know, you, you just, I think you're just uneducated. And you don't really know, like, that you could just, you know, just if you're not in this, if you're, you or your husband or your wife are not in the military, just think of your significant other just picking up and leaving at a moment's notice. Luckily for us, we've had some time to, we've always had time. It's never been like, hey, you're leaving tomorrow or hey, you're leaving next week. It's never really been that. Mm-mm. We've Not always had us. a few months' notice, at least. But still, that month, those months go by fucking quick. Yeah, and it's also always on the on your mind that it's a possibility. Right. I mean, I could get orders tomorrow. Right. And you know, we're out of here in January. Mm-hmm. January feels like it's tomorrow. Yeah, that's not happening, but. <laughs> Or wait, we don't know. I mean, it could happen. It could happen. And, you know, just if you're not a part of that, think about your spouse just having to pack their shit and leave. Mm-hmm. Quit your job. Pull your kids out of school. Yeah, and then get to a place and hopefully you find another job. Yeah. find Because, listen, there are so many things you don't think about when you move. I mean... You got to move. You got to find somewhere to live. You got to find a figure out what school you want to put your kids in. I have to get a new job. I have to, you know, at one time, every time before this, I had to get daycare in a town where I know no one. I don't know the good daycares. Um, we got to get new doctors. We got to get new dentists. We got to get, you know, all the new things. I mean... It's just you're you're like almost starting your life over every four years, and it's kind of cool in a way because it gives you like an opportunity to reinvent yourself in a way, where like, you know, I think for you at work or like I tell the girls this at school, like when they move to a new school, I'm like, you can basically be who you want yourself to be, like start fresh, you know. And fix the things that you maybe thought were your downfalls before and be that person. So starting over is kind of has its perks, too. Yeah. It does. Um, But it, you know, there's so much that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, you talked last week about how everything goes through your head and all at one time. Like, you carry that really well. And, but I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I'll take it one, like, one thing at a time and then move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but I think those things jive together, obviously. They do. Yeah, because... I'm like the calm to your fucking madness because you're fucking crazy. Yeah, but then I'm already thinking about things that you didn't think about. So by the time you get to it, 
by the time you get to that bridge, I've already crossed it. Yeah, and sometimes it's already done. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just go to the next one. Yeah. 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 It's but a balance. It works out. It does. But, you know, it just is. And, and I think we can just talk about it like it's no big deal because we've been in it yeah. for 15 years. Yeah. Our all, whole adult married life has been this life. Right. You know, it takes a lot for a young 21-year-old on both ends of the spectrum, but for one, for your spouse or your soon-to-be spouse to trust you enough to come Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. and leave everything that she knows behind and like, hey, we're going to my Impala with the cat (laughs) to Colorado. Let's do this. And we just fucking go. We get our futon and our fucking $25 Walmart end tables and shit, and we, you know, make it happen. That's right. That's the scariest shit I've ever done, (laughs) by the way, is, you know, like, I was living at home with my parents. We got engaged. We were both still living with our parents. I mean, we were back and forth between each other's houses, but we had never lived together. We had very entry-level jobs. And when I say jobs, I mean, I don't really know if you were working right before we left or before you left. I can't remember. But they were very minimal entry-level jobs. I think I was working two jobs then. And, like, it was a lot to just leave everything and I had to be pretty dang sure that you were who I wanted to do that with (laughs) and I was there was never to me like we just talked about this recently where you asked me I mean we're like 15 years in and you asked me was there ever a time where you were like I don't know if I want to do it I don't know if I can leave everything and do this. And honest, like, honest to God, n- there was never a moment where I was like, uh, you are not worth all the risk, all the life, all the, all the scary shit that's going to come along with it. Like, that was always, you know, the risk. What is it? The reward outweighed, outweighed the risk for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just, I don't know. Maybe, thank God, maybe we were naive. You and just threw yourself to the wind, man. I did. Maybe we were naive, thank God, and dumb, young and dumb, that we were just like, yeah, we can do this. And we did. Thank God. And we're still yeah, doing it. Still but doing it. It's, it's like we're super strong because of it, I think. Yeah, for sure. But statistically, it shouldn't have worked for us. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, we're... I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're an exception to the rule. We're yeah. freak of natures. Yeah, I think so. But we realize that. And we don't take it for granted. Well, we just embrace that, you know? Yeah. Just part of it. This is not like a sulk story or feel bad for us or anything. We just want to share, like... 
first of all, some of the things that, you know, we got to do as a military family as far as moving and mm-hmm. deployments and, you know, using people, leaning on people to get through those types of things. And sometimes you don't have them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to fucking do it yourself and figure it out. And, you know, I think we both embrace that mentality for sure. We don't count on anybody else but each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes to a fault, you know, we we both don't like asking for help outside of our house, even fucking in, in our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, man, because, you know, any anybody, not just military people, but anybody, it's hard to ask for help for people because you're vulnerable at that point. You're, you're relying on somebody. To you feel like you're a burden. Assist you, yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't want to be like that to people. But you know, there's there's people out there, man. And regardless of where you're at in life, or you know, military or not, there's always people that want to help you, will help you, and people that you should ask for help and. You know, another thing, you know, kind of down those lines is, you know, you said earlier jumping all in and trying to make as many friends as possible type of type of deal. We did that and it's kind of backfired a little bit. And I talked about that on my pop up episode. (laughs) Um, You know, about people that I thought were my friends that kind of backstab me a little bit that I learned from and I don't hold any resentment towards those people because I grew and got better from that but you know making your circle your circle didn't have to be so fucking big yes. although in your, your military life I feel like it does it is big to an extent like big as a as a whole like our Air like Force friends we have a big family because we have some here, we have some there, we have some all over the country. Yes. There's like the inner circle. And of where you're at. Yes. But then there's like the Air Force circle of where you've been. Yes. You like collect people along the way. Right. And some of those people drop off. Some mm-hmm. of those people stay. Mm-hmm. And we've got people from every single location that have either dropped off or stayed. Yes. And I think it's very important, and I was going to have a whole episode about this, but maybe I will, maybe I won't, to make sure that your circle in, you know, regardless if you're military or not, but your circle doesn't have to be so fucking big. Like, not everyone has to like you. Yep. You know, it's okay that people don't like you. Not everyone should like you. Yeah, if I feel like if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. Right. Because that means you're not being a genuine person. Right. Now, you can be a good person to everybody. Sure. But that doesn't mean that you got to jive with everyone. That doesn't mean that everyone has to come to your house. That doesn't mean that you have to go to every fucking party. Yeah. You know? Because I feel like that tends to look like you're changing who you are to fit that person you're talking to or that circle or... Right. That moment. And when we were at Buckley, um, we had a pretty big circle, and it dwindled down. 
while we were there to be like our, and then we we had like our core people, mm-hmm. you know. And that happened, I think, every place we've been to. Um, but your circle, man. You know, be be cautious of who you allow in it because some people may be drilling holes in yeah. your boat. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so keep that sucker small and know who's in it. Yeah, we tell the girls that all the time. Yeah. Like, that's really, really important. But if those people had never come into our circle, you know, the ones that had dropped off or the ones that had, you know, in my mind or in your mind had done us wrong, then we would have never learned from those situations. Mm-hmm. We would have never grown and got better, you know, become better people because of it. So I'm thankful for that those people came. I'm thankful that they're gone. Um, and I'm thankful that we shrunk our, we became more, you know, actu- actual you know, conscious of how big our circle is. Because, you know, if you let that sucker get too big, there will be people that are drilling holes in your boat and you'll fucking sink down with them. So, you know, just be just be mindful of that. I mean, we've become very mindful of that over the years. Yeah. Um, I think there's like that quote where it's like people come into your life for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. And uh, when you figure out which one they are, you'll know, like, what to do. Because some people come into your life for a reason. They teach you a lesson. And they're gone. But you're changed because of it. We've had those people where, you know, they came in. We learned a lesson. (laughs) And they were gone. And then we have people that have been in our lives for a season. And we're able to, like, enjoy our time with them. And then... You know, when we go our separate ways, we kind of not fall off. Just kind of fade away. Yeah, just kind of, yeah. Like, we wish each other well. We just don't talk regularly. But, um, and then, you know, we've got people that are, they're lifers. You know, we've got a lot of people that. Yeah, the Paul Smalls of the world. That's right. Um, That, you know, we have been in our lives for forever and not just in the military i mean we keep in touch with people still from high school and elementary school and you know my my best friend's been my best friend for damn near 30 years now and that i mean my circle was bigger when i was younger like you said but very quickly you realize like one best friend that you can keep and that is you know, there through all of it is way better than, you know, a bunch of people that are going to come in and out or, you know, people that are not going to stick around. But, yeah, it's just interesting the way it happens. Yeah, so I think to kind of close this out after an hour of rambling (laughs) is, uh, you know, no... Who's in your circle? Keep it small. Keep it tight. And when you, when you move to a new location, um, you know, embrace the phrase of home is where you make it. Yes. Like if you, 
think it's going to be shitty and you have a mindset of it being shitty already, it's going to be shitty. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the positives of being wherever you're at, you know, surrounding yourself with the people that you that you want to be around, um, then it'll be fine. Like, it'll be good. It'll probably be one of the better experiences in your life if you actively go and find the good things in where you're at. And that includes people. That includes... Doing things doing in the area. Correct. Embracing the... You know, the... The culture and... Yep, of where you're at. And... If you... Really embrace that home is where you make it mentality when you move. um, All your moves will be successful. You'll find those people that will be forever or lifers in your life. Every single place that you go. Yeah. That's all we got. Next week, I don't know what we're talking about. Shit, I might even pop up on Thursday. <laughs> Stay tuned, motherfuckers. Peace. Go, 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 go